I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Com Report wherever you get your podcast. You're watching on YouTube. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's A M P I R E. You know that. Always much appreciated when you tune in. And don't forget, you can read my work on ESPN.com. On Tuesday, I will have a story up about Sam Howell and the struggles from Sunday and what does it mean for the future, where he's at in his development, etc. Obviously, there's a lot of talk about how I'll get to all that in a minute. I'm going to get to my little uh, film review in a minute, talking about sacks, talking about the pass rush. But a couple things first. One, don't forget the live stream YouTube show Tuesday night with the voice of the commanders, Bram Weinstein and I. Basically, it's, the, it's a therapy Tuesday, folks. So bring your questions. We're gonna we're not going to harp on this game. There's stuff that you want to take from this game. But what does it mean going forward? So, you know, there are a lot of things that did go wrong Sunday. We all saw it. There you go. But we're so I'm going to talk about it now, but we're going to talk a little bit about then more so trying to look, what does this mean? And then answering your questions, your concerns, you can vent a little bit too. And hopefully that'll help you feel good and feel better. They're two in one folks. So, you know, I kind of looked at, when I looked at the earliest part of the schedule, I'm like, if they come out of here three and two, after playing Buffalo, Philly, and on the road to Denver. Now, Denver doesn't look quite so good, <laughs> just to put it mildly. But, you know, you go on the road and win, it's always a good win. So Arizona looks a little bit better than you thought, right? Because really should have beaten New York and had, certainly had a chance to beat this team. Um, so Arizona could easily be 2-1. and one. And, you know, so there you know, things you see how things shake out. But if they can get to 3-2 and two at the worst – then they're in good shape. Um, but you need a better showing on Sunday against Philadelphia. That's for damn sure. So a couple things. Um, one, just a reminder, I'm going to be doing this, these film breakdowns or or just talking about, I don't want to call it film breakdown necessarily because I'm not going over X's or you know, all these scheme stuff, whatever. I'm going to, you know, or just it's it's with, it's a contained version of that. Anyway, if that makes sense. But one thing you need to know is I can't use video. And I know people get, will leave comments about, oh, you know, do you want video? And I try to answer everybody, but I can't use it. So it's, a, it's, I understand you want it. I want it too. Can't have it. So, you know, that's just there, just because I work for ESPN doesn't mean I have the rights to these videos. If you're seeing other people using them in theirs, they probably aren't supposed to be doing it. But when you work for ESPN, you're going to get scrutinized more. So I'm not doing it because it's not what I'm supposed to be doing. So therefore, I rely on the stills. I rely on I rely on conveying the information in as good a way as possible so you can learn based on what I've done. And just so you know, when I'm going back and watching these games, when I'm watching, you know, I've watched every pass play so far and I've watched every sack, a lot, all the defensive plays or a pass rush, I should say. And then on Tuesday, I'll go back and finish more of it. So for the Tuesday night show, I'll have watched everything. But I'm watching every play multiple, 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 multiple times. Because if I want to convey the information the best way possible, 
I need to make sure I'm seeing what I see. And then sometimes you go to other people in the organization or wherever, people who know a lot more than me to ask what, you know, hey, am I seeing this right? So just so you know, anyway, just that aside, I appreciate people who want the video. I want it too. Can't have it. Live with the stills. There you go. Um, anyway, so one of the positives from Sunday is besides Cam Cheeseman's snap on the field goal, no major injuries. So we don't know yet about Logan Thomas. We get back out to the facility on Wednesday. That's the initial practice report. So we'll we'll wait and see what happens there. <clears throat> um, we did talk to Ron Revere today and a couple of things that he talked about. He was asked a lot about Sam Howell, of course, because he's kind of important. His growth and development is key to this franchise. And if they want to do something in the future and he develops, they're in a much better position. They need to know, you know, if, if he doesn't develop, then you're going to have to go get a quarterback again this offseason and once again start from scratch. So we're going to spend a lot of time over the next however many weeks talking about his growth and development. And there are times where we're going to say he holds the ball too long. You get to that in a few minutes. That's part of the growth and the development. Where does he improve? How does he improve in that area? It's not an overnight thing. So I don't expect it to be. You shouldn't expect it to be because it takes a long time. The kid has started four games. He's three and one as a starter. Not all on him. Certainly, you know, yesterday wasn't all on him. He did not play well. There's no sugarcoating that. And I think the one guy who wouldn't sugarcoat it is Sam Howell. Um, but that's where we're going to talk a lot about that. And you know, listen, we get in the offensive line. They need to be better. But the one that can really grow and develop is Sam Howell. And because I think, you know, we don't know what his ceiling is. I think with this line, there's, you kind of know what their ceiling is, but with how you don't know. So that's why we're going to spend a lot of time is, does he get better? What, what does it look like one week from the next to the next to the next? And shoot, you will, we'll probably go through some of this next year too, because there's always a lot that he's still going to be learning because even next year, he will still be a young quarterback. So there's always much more that they can grow, learn and, and develop with. So anyway, so again, I'm going to get to sacks and pressure. We'll get to the sacks last, save the worst for last, I guess. Um, but we'll start with Washington's pass rush. Where was it on Sunday? And I think that's that's a big thing. That's something I got asked a lot. Was it what what why weren't they getting more pressure? They've had they had 10 sacks in the first two games. The defensive line, I think it was seven guys had at least half a sack in the first two games. That's that's really pretty pretty impressive. Zero, one quarterback hit, one quarterback hit on Sunday. That was Montez Sweat. And so what happened there? So give Buffalo a lot of credit because the, there was from play design to the protection schemes, or they used um, eight man protections a couple times, they had seven man protections a few more than a few times, or guys just chipping and then releasing. And then a couple times they changed launch angle. Sometimes it was just a matter of Josh Allen was taking seven step drops. When you have that big an arm, and you can see over the line like that, it's something you can do, but it creates better vision for himself because it does give you a deeper drop. And there are times where if the rush, if he had taken a five step drop, the rush probably gets home, but it's a seven step drop. So there's a guy in a hand in his face about a yard or so away. <clears throat> so that all that was going on and it made for a good game plan by Buffalo and a frustrating day for Washington's defensive uh, line. There were times where I'm like, okay, that's not bad pressure, but couldn't get home. And then they, when then there were a lot of times when they would go to a five-man protection, there were nine times, I think it was like almost a little about 35, 40% of the time when they went to a five-man protection, 
they they would throw basically a pass, a quick pass. So they had nine throws in 2.5 seconds or less, completed eight of them. But that was also a way to offset the pressure with some of those quick throws. When they weren't going quick throws, they were using more chips, seven man, and a couple eight man protections. <clears throat> so that's that's in general. The first one I'm going to talk about is the um, third and eight, where the first drive where Josh Allen just makes a Josh Allen play. And, you know, it's funny because I asked someone here, well, what more could you have done? He said, well, you contained better. Well, <clears throat> yes, you could have. And like there, they, he gets flushed out to the right. Montez Sweat comes up and, you know, just tries to make a play, but you can't. And he couldn't. And Josh Allen starts to kind of fade and throws off his back foot and flips up a dime to Stefan Diggs down the field. Now, there's a couple of things on that. One, when we talked to Rivera on Monday, he talked about how he felt that Josh Allen got in their heads a little bit on along the defense of uh, the defensive lines heads. <clears throat> and it's not so much that, you know, it was more like the respect they had for him and what they were afraid maybe he could do if you didn't handle it well, allowed him to make some other play. So even on some where Montes went, maybe do you just run right at him? Cause that's what you do. He kind of broke down and, and jumps and is anticipating something, but Allen then allows, it gives him a chance to escape, escape outside. And so, you know, just little things like that, but you know, shoot Montes went a nice job on the play because he did his job. He just couldn't contain a guy who is very hard to contain and he drops a dime and then you know, you move on. I mean, what do you do? Because again, the only thing you could do is do a better job contain, but Josh Allen made a tremendous play. One time where they had all backup defensive linemen in there, and it was the thing that he gets it out in 2.83 seconds to his third read, and there was no pressure in that time. So that's kind of stuff happened too. So I just want to point that out. It wasn't always the starting line, and those starting linemen are playing a lot of snaps. I think they're all over, like, I think they're all around around 79, 80% of the snaps. That's a lot. And things, you know, when you, it's a hard pace to keep up. So I think they're going to have to do a better job rotating some guys. And when like FAO body gets back, he's going to help. Federian Mathis, what will, but I don't even, we don't even know what they have in Federian Mathis <clears throat> and what, what kind of shape he'll be in when he is back. But getting more depth on that front, I think is going to help because you don't want to start wearing some of those guys out. And I think I, I have a, would have a little bit of concern going moving forward about that being the case. Um, there, they had, there, there wasn't like there were always bad rushes because there was one where Chase Young has a good rush to the inside. What I really like, he's in a wide nine stance at the, you know, wide of the tight end, or I think it was a, I think, I think, I think there was a tight end, but he was wide, lined up very wide and, and just takes an inside rush against the tackle. And what I liked is we talked last week about communication or just being in sync. Oh, he rushes inside. Allen waits, bounces outside. They got him contained. Um, and and what it, what that led to is not a sack, not a hit, but a hurried throw in two point one five seconds. And I always go back and time these throws, so it's my unofficial time on that throw. But you know, so it depends on how good my thumbs are working on that play. But I had it at two point one five seconds, which is really fast. But it starts. But there was good pressure, and it started because of Chase Young and John Allen how they handled that play. But um, there was another one where it was a um, the protection to uh, excuse me a seven man protection and a deep throw to Diggs, the one that Benjamin St. Juice broke up in the first half. And that one was again just it was a clean pocket. There's I counted three point or I timed at three point one five seconds 
and it was a clean pocket. Like that's what was going on. So a seven man protection against a four man rush all day to throw. And when you have guys like Stefan Diggs and you have an arm like Josh Allen, you can do some of those things because you know that he can get it to wherever he needs to get it. And he's also mobile so he can make a play on his own if it's not there. So that's another play that, that jumped out with, with how they protected it. it was incomplete, but it was more just their overall design of the day and what they how they were trying to do this. Um, believe it or not, there was a sequence in the second quarter where I felt like the pressure was actually pretty good. So, um, there was one, the first one was a quick throw. Second one was an incompletion. Um, third one, um, it was a blitz by, by Percy Butler from the defense's left and it forces Allen. He's kind of backing, sliding to his left and just throws it over back kind of over the middle incomplete so those were good pressures there it's just that no quarterback hits but when but he felt like it seemed like they were very aware of what this pressure could do so he was more than prepared to handle it mentally and seeing it and getting rid of it and that's listen it's a difference when you had one guy who's a young quarterback one guy who's a veteran quarterback and how they handled the pressure was a key part of this game and i think it's a big part of the experience factor for josh allen Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. On the Bills touchdown, I, I like that design as well. Um, they have jet action, so the jet action kind of causes some hesitation. But what they also do is they kind of leak out Stephon Diggs to Chase Young's side. Well, Chase Young now backs off because he's anticipating maybe there's a screen to Diggs over here. And I'll tell you what, if he doesn't do that, maybe that does happen. But they didn't have to because Gabe Davis gets open. And, and, but it, but what this does is it messed up the rush and it gives Josh Allen another clean pocket, but it's play design really, I think kind of lessened what the, uh, the aggressiveness of the defensive line in that play. And then you have um, Derek Forrest seeing initially seeing that jet start to come up a little bit. He races back. Listen, if he covers, if he's with Davis, they have a tight end coming behind underneath him and attacking that area that probably that, that he would have been the guy then as well, because the, nobody dropped deep enough to really take that away. So that would have been a big play one way or another. Um, but that's how they set it up. Just good action at the snap, the jet, and then getting digs kind of leaking out to a side to help further slow the pass rush. A couple of times they were just beaten off the line and I forget the receiver's name it was number 10. Um, I apologize for that. I should know it. 
Oh, Shakir. That's what it was. Yeah. Shakir. He beats he beats Benjamin St. Juice off line in the third and fourth. And so the pass rush has no chance to get home because it's an instant win. And just a little, you know, in and out gets them. First down, five yards, balls out pretty quick. <clears throat> but again, those seven-step drops. And there were a couple times, again, good rushes. There was a, there was a, a second and eight in the uh, second quarter. And um, seven-step drop, good push. I think it was by night by uh, Ridgeway. And deep drop, again, a five-step drop, he's going to get hit. Seven-step drop, he's fine. So that, again, there was another time, there was another seven-step drop where Ridgeway again had a good pressure, good driving got his guy back, and it didn't really help. And they started to go to that single package of trying to get more one-on-ones. It helped a little bit at times, but certainly not enough because the pressure just wasn't consistent. I'm not trying to tell you that the pass rush was somehow great. I'm just telling you, trying to explain why, from what I saw, why it wasn't better. Because it is a, I do think, over the long haul, this is going to be a good group rushing the passer. And I think um, when you get a guy like F.A. Obata back too, I think he's going to provide a little bit more help as a backup pass rusher. So that I think that's then the other one. And this is again, another good design where it's the, they're from their own one yard line and it's eight and eight. It's a, first of all, so Buffalo shots own one yard line. First, I think it's the first drive of the second quarter or second half. And under center, so you're thinking it's run. You have two tight ends, running back behind Allen, play action. So you freeze a little bit, but you're getting an eight-man protection. He's got all day to throw. And there's a two-man route. And he he kind of has to move a little bit in the pocket because you know, just change it. But by doing that, Diggs is coming across the middle almost almost like a deep dig almost, but then he cuts back out. So it's not quite like a sail route where you go in, You what we've seen with Dotson and Terry and all that, but it almost looked like it looks because he just turns, he's he's matched one-on-one. He just turns and raises his hand and he's got it. So it's a, it seemed like they, that's, to me, that's a big part of their chemistry or their synchronicity, whatever you want to say. And I don't know that that was a designed route that way. It felt like it was a, an imp, that he improvised because he's played with Josh Allen, start, you see him start to move a little bit and he just cut it up to an open area. It's man coverage and just a really nice ball. But again, it's design. It starts with the design and he plenty of time. So because he wasn't hit, I think I want to say he had the ball it was 4.27 seconds. He doesn't get hit. There's nobody near him and you're just not going to win in that situation. So yeah, you have to find a way to offset that. Some of the way you do that is by maybe a little bit better coverage, but my gosh, it's 4.27 seconds and he's not even getting hit. What are you supposed to do? So that that's a hard one. I also liked how Buffalo on a 20 yard pass late later in the game, they did a good job moving the pocket and again, creating a better spot for Allen to be in to get away from some of that pressure. So I thought like, so again, not a great job by, by the front or by the, the pressure game, certainly, and there were a couple of times where they did, they would drop Washington would, you know, the tackles dropped a couple of times, try to do a couple of different things, but Allen is, a, does a nice job of at least recognizing it and getting rid of the ball quick, not always a completion, but certainly getting rid of the ball and avoiding a negative situation. Um, pressure has to be better against Philly. And they, you know, then I think it's going to start with that fire. You know, it's going to, they got to do better. Right. But, I don't. I think I give a lot of credit to Buffalo, and then facing Josh Allen and guys like Diggs. This is how you know. 
this is how you do, you know, I hate that measuring stick stuff. I'm kind of done with it. What I'd like to see for them is to measure a season, not a game measure that season. The season is going to tell the growth. They're law. They're past the one game measuring stick. You got to show the growth over the course of a season and that's how you do it. So again, I said this the other day, you win or lose that game Sunday, you still got to come back the next week and perform well. So that's the task. They haven't been able to do that well enough because they haven't had a winning season in too long. So to me, measure the damn season instead of the games anymore, right? Then just get to the end of the year, just play it, play it, play it, get get to the end of the year. And then that's where we're going to see, did you actually get better or did you not? Are you eight and nine, nine and eight, 10 and seven? What are you? That's where you are. Anyway, just that's my little rant for there. Now, let's get to another fun topic, the sacks. So we're not talking sacks Fifth Avenue. It's like sacks Ninth Avenue, I guess. That's bad. Um, anyway, let's start with this. First of all, when I broke it down, most of the sacks are not on the offensive line. Almost all of them were not. Some of them were. However, I'm not absolving them of anything because – the protection, the pockets, when you compare the pockets that Josh Allen had compared to the pockets that Sam Howell had, dramatically different. There are clean pockets all day for Allen because, again, because of how they design things, because of his veteran experience and getting through some of those reads, it offset what could be pressure, right? And just some of his own skills. But with Washington, there's just too much pressure. And sometimes it's a guard. Sometimes it's not even showing up as a quarterback hit or anything like that, but it's certainly impacting the play because when you have a guard or a center or a guard or whomever sitting in your lap or attack or whatever, it impacts your throw and it impacts a follow. It could impact your follow through. It could impact your vision. You may not get hit. It may not be a sack, but it certainly impacts the play possibly. Now there are times where Sam Howell completes that those passes in those situations, more power to him. That's tough. But the point is the consistent pressure is there and teams know it. They're going to keep challenging this group with, with different sort of, and a lot of it's just simulated pressure, man. It's not always, they definitely had some six man rushes, a couple five, whatever, a lot of simulated rush of those pressures. So you, you know, in other words, you're, you're overloading a side or you're fooling a side and you're getting three against two on one side and maybe only one guy rushing on the other because you're fooling the line to believe that X is happening when actually it was Y. That also is going to fool the quarterback at times. And when you talk, when you, we talk, or we, the Bills players, I should say, talk to reporters, they mentioned that Howell sometimes holds the ball. And even Rivera said that one of the things he talked about his press conference is him being indecisive and sometimes seeing too much. So sometimes maybe seeing a color, you know, the, the Jersey flash and you're thinking it's one thing, or maybe you're thinking the guy's closer um, than they really are. And so you don't throw that ball and now you're eating it. Now you're leading to a sack. So things like that happen. But again, that line, the line has to be better. There's just way too much pressure and it's going to, in, you know, so the floodgates are going to open. What also happens is when you get that much pressure, I've seen this with other young quarterbacks, you start to feel the rush in ways that you don't want to. And you start to tuck the ball and try and get out of there. A couple of times that Sam Howell is tucking and running five, six, seven yards behind the line of scrimmage. And that you don't want that. You want him keeping his eyes up the field because, and he's done that last week. He did that against Denver. He was, he made a couple of really nice plays because of that. And, you know, he does a good job when he can extend the plays, but when you get that kind of pressure from a good front and they're going to face good fronts next, you know, against Philly too, that when you get that kind of pressure, you've got to be able to withstand that. And that means the protection has got to hold up better. Brian Robinson, you know, there are a couple of times in pass protection, not as good a job as he's done before. 
Another time where this is where those chips, you want a chip, right? Well, one time he chips on the 14-yard, excuse me, the 18-yard run that Howell had in the, in the red zone. Part of the reason he had to run the run is because um, Robinson goes to chip, chips the guy that Charles Leno is blocking, but he chips him to the inside and he gives him a path to the quarterback. So that's where sometimes like the chipping is good, but not, but you have to make sure you do it right. And you have to be in sync with the tackle because if the tackle can set to the inside initially, knowing that it's coming, then you can, you can adjust if the guy gets bumped inside. But if you're not ready for that, if you're not set that way and it gets hit that way, then it leads to problems. So anyways, so let's go over some of the sacks and just what, what, what needs to, what happened there. And obviously, again, this is all a key part of the growth. I still, I'm a fan of Sam Howell, right? I think the kid can be good. I think there's a lot to like about him, but I also know and cover this long enough to know that every young quarterback goes through something. And at some point they all have to endure a bad day. Again, I, you know, if I, if I were coaching, I say, okay, let's see what we got in this kid. Let's see what we've got in this team. And because it's always about, again, it's what is next. You know, if you, if I write a good story, that's great. What's next. If I write a bad story, okay, what's what's next? You still got to show up for work the next day. And that's the same here. And so I think we'll, we'll learn a lot about Sam Howell. And the thing I feel confident about is that the kid is a competitor and competitors respond well. Now, he's still going to go through growth periods. I don't know what kind of game he'll have on Sunday, but I do think he'll respond in the right way, which is putting in the work, not hanging his head and just seeing how can you get better? Those are all the things that over time win out. Keep that in mind. Be patient. I know you've been patient, so but be a little bit more patient. Oh, by the way, he was hit on twenty six point two percent of his um, of the time in the pocket. That was that's that's for the season. That's the eighth highest in the league. Um, his time in the pocket is about middle of the pack. Time before a throw, middle of the pack. Time before getting sacked is about eleventh in the NFL. Of the nine. I said at least four were on Sam Howell. I'm saying at least because I think there's a couple, one or two that are mixed. Some play design too, all right? Um, <clears throat> the first one to me was the was the toughest one because, man, you're in a good position to to do something with with the ball, right? <clears throat> you, you're, you're, you have a first down. I think it was at like the 30, the 25, maybe the 25. You're in position for points. You're down through nothing. You're in position to tie the game at least. Understand that. So take care of the ball. And so on the first one, you know, there's um, Nick Gates loses a block inside. So start with there. So Gates doesn't help him there, but don't compound the mistake with another one. And that's something, you know, I've heard, talked to coaches about that many times going way back over the years. Just because a guy gets beat on the block does not mean it has to result in a bad play, right? It happens. So as a quarterback, you've got to handle the situation. But so he gets, he gets through, it's around two point eight, nine seconds or so, but he gets, maybe it's a little bit less than that. He can get to third or fourth reader, which is Dami Brown in the flat. There's a linebacker that's kind of dropping off. He's probably about the 18 or 20 yard line or so. Dami's about the 27. You have Antonio Gibson running down the right side. So those, that's where you're going to go with the ball here. And if you get to Diami, you'll see, like, I'm going to put up a still on this and you probably already seen it, but there. Diami has a chance to run. Now, maybe the linebacker comes up and gets him and stops him for no gain. Okay, second and 10. Maybe there's a lot of room run. He makes a guy miss, and now he gets a lot more yards. Now you're talking first and 10 inside inside the 20, certainly. Maybe even inside the 10. <clears throat> Don't know. 
but you got a chance there, but just get it to Diami. I'm not sure why I think this goes back to what Rivera was saying about maybe some indecision. That's a play that to me looks like that. Right. And again, so now how do you handle the next time? That's fine. But in this game, like that play, that was a huge play because it cost you a chance. Well, it started a chain of, of negative situations that cost you a chance at points. So, cause then the next play, um, it looks like an RPO It's second 18 looked like an RPO doesn't hand it off. And then um, about five yards deep, deep realizes there's really nothing. And he tucks it and runs and he loses. I think it was a yard, but it looked like an RPO. Um, <clears throat> another time he had, it was 3.06 seconds, four guys rushed. He had, he has Cole Turner open over the middle Got two linebackers inside, but Cole does a good job finding the soft spot in the middle. Looks like he could have delivered that ball. Doesn't. Um, did something flash there again? I think I think there was some pressure that started to flash. Again, you know, you don't know what he's seeing, but that's the stuff that they were talking about, which is why I'm pointing it out. So don't shoot the messenger. I'm just relaying what they saw, and I'm trying to see what some plays that really kind of illustrate that. Um, then you know, there are a couple of times there's they're down 37, nothing. And, you know, it's, I mean, it's the lost cause at that point. So, but I, so I think there was, there was, like I said, a number of times where, where it was with, with how I think just being able to handle a little, some situations a little bit better um, than, than maybe he did. And there was, so there was, um, I think another time where, yeah, I told you about the, uh, about the, you know, when they were down 37, nothing, 3.2 seconds starts to run up. Um, eyes kind of go down a little bit. And I think that's where you start to feel the rush. I don't blame them. My God, you've been hit all game. And so that's, there's going to add up. And so you're going to be very cognizant of that. That's why they have to do. Listen, one of the things that this organization has done, I think they failed him in building the necessary line to protect him. And we all know that. And then we could go, we'll get into that more probably another time. Um, I think it's, you know, that's an important thing too. Why, why, what, why didn't they do a better job giving this, any quarterback a better line than they have? And I think you can certainly rightly look at that and, and, and feel that way without a doubt. Um, but, you know, so you, you're kind of compounding, you have a young quarterback behind a makeshift line that is still learning one another. And maybe they get to a certain point, maybe they would, here's what, here's what I say, that line would probably be okay with Josh Allen's quarterback. Sam Howe would be okay with a better line, right? It would be better, but they have each other and it's kind of a tough mix because you have a makeshift line that's not going to be one of the best and a young quarterback who needs a line to be better for him, to give him that comfort in the pocket so he can process. So as he's processing, you know, as he's processing going through stuff that he's not going to, that he has a confidence that he can sit there and do it. And so sometimes I just wonder, is this kind of a tough mix not a wonder. It's a tough mix for a young quarterback. Anyway, so that was so those are some of the ones on how. And then when I look at some of the other ones, the play design, I'm going to look at um the first one is a play design. It's a first and 10, four-man rush, simulated pressure, 2.55 seconds. He runs through the right side, a little bit of a crack. Um, it's a again a first and 10, gets sacked at 3.80 seconds. My problem is nobody's looking. Nobody's looking. There's no receiver. I, I have the the still up, circled all the receivers. You have Jahan Dotson running a crosser. Looks like he's open, which he is, except that 
he's going to turn that route up. So he's really not even looking back at the quarterback. So I don't know where Howell could have gone with the ball in this situation. So while he may take that sack, I'm not giving it to him because now he could have thrown it away. I get that. He only lost a yard. I'm okay with him trying to get up and maybe get a few yards because he almost did. I think he got tripped up a little bit. But point is, there was nobody there that was available to catch a ball. He could have thrown it at Dotson. It would have hit him in the side. He wouldn't have been ready to catch it. Now, again, you could have thrown his feet. You avoid a sack, but then it's second second 10 versus second 11. I'm okay with how he handled that, um, but I would like – but nobody was turning around. So what, you know, what are you going to do? Um, another time it was, it was Andrew Wiley gives up a sack, and this was a quick one to Leonard Floyd. Um, 2.53 seconds just beats him around the edge and is a four-man rush, five blockers. It was a sec- there was second eleven, so that was that was one on the offensive line. Another time there was a third and twelve, and there was no one again, nobody open. And I I'm I think I'm showing this one uh, as a as a still um, still still picture for those of you listening on the podcast. I apologize, um, but it's a third and twelve, so they had four over four seconds, and the receivers aren't open. So now could he have thrown away? Yes, it's a third and twelve. It's late in the game. And, you know, you're trying to make a play and extend a play. So, okay, so you lose several yards. It's third and 12 and a blowout. Um, The last one was kind of a mix. And it was um, the second 14, again, five-man versus five-man blocker versus four, three seconds. Doesn't have anywhere to escape. This is where, like, you know, is it really the line? Well, the 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 pocket is tight, so he has nowhere to escape. Hits his plant step, and what you see is the defensive lineman Phillips starting to kind of come to the middle. Now he could have hit there. It looks like Curtis Samuel has a shot at the ball, but you know this is one where you start to flash something. Maybe you don't see. Maybe you're seeing something that isn't quite there, but you it's just playing with your head because it's been a rough day. Um, but again, that to me, that's a mixed one because um, I'm not going to put it all on him because the pocket wasn't very good to begin with. And that pressure leads to him, I think, being a little bit indecisive. So, you know, I think that's one I'm not going to certainly you can't put on him. Not certainly not all of it. Um, you know, should they have left him in the game? I think you can look at it two ways. Now, I, I do like one of the things I love about this kid is I think he is very tough and competitive. And so I think guys like that want to stay in. I do understand that if they had taken him out, I'm not going to say like, Oh, you got to keep men to get him more work. <clears throat> you don't want to, you want this kid to be upright for each of these games. So, and he got sacked a couple more times in that last drive had a couple of nice throws, but I don't know, you know, is it going to really make that big a difference? Sometimes maybe you just want to see how a guy responds. Maybe you're, maybe they're afraid what the questions would be asked. Like, Hey, are you considering, they're not going to consider a change after a few games. So, um, and I'm not even going down that road, but the point is like, if they had taken him out, wouldn't have had, wouldn't have said boo about it. Um, but I also like, I'm going to play both sides of the fence here. I don't blame if I'm him, I want to stay in there because I want to finish that. I want to finish on a high note. And I think that's what they were probably trying to do. Get some points, see if you can get some points to finish on a better note. And you can go back and say, Hey, listen, you finished well. Right, even though he took a couple of sacks on that last one, um, <clears throat> there are a couple of times too. Even with the decision making, I think it starts to play with your head a little bit, and you start to feel like you've got to make everything up. Like on that first drive again, I go back to that first drive because man, they had it going. And even on the last drive, this is another lesson to be learned. 
And it's, you know, the he throws an interception that's going to De'Ami Brown. You have Terry McLaurin one-on-one to the outside on the left. Go to him because, you know, that's your guy. And it's one-on-one. If McLaurin is one-on-one, go to McLaurin one-on-one. I think that should be a rule of thumb here. And if he doesn't make the play, just make sure nobody else does. But when you're throwing it over the middle like that and you got to make a pinpoint throw in a situation where really what you want to do, it's I think it was like a third and 18, third and 19, you want points. And in that situation, like there's no need to, if you're going to, if you're not, if you're going to take a shot, take a shot with the one-on-one with Terry McLaurin, not over the middle. Cause the, he had to make a perfect throw to Diami. You also had a couple guys underneath. You could have dumped it off, get six, seven yards, set up a, a, a manageable field goal and then tie the game. So one of the things that I was talking about this with someone else today um, just one of the things I always liked about Alex Smith. Now, Alex Smith, when he was here, was not a great passer. His his passing totals were never all that, were rarely all that great, but we did know how to do is manage a game. Now, first of all, every quarterback's a game manager, so there you go. It's just what level can you manage it at? The part of it is you're in field goal position, get the points. It's third and 19, understand down and distance situation. I understand like what I like about Howell is that mindset that you can make a big play. But you sometimes have to know when is a good time to attempt to make that. And was that the time? Well, hindsight, no, because he threw an interception. But even before that, I would say if you want to take a shot, you had McLaurin one-on-one, go to your guy. Um, Anyway, that's... That's about all I have, folks. There wasn't there wasn't anything pretty from this one. Again, I I, I know some people don't want to hear a lot about what Howell has to learn and or what he's doing wrong or whatever. It's how he learns. And, you know, I'm not here to help him learn. I'm here to help you learn about what is it that he needs to learn. How about that? Um, so, but this is what they're going through with him. And they know, like Ron Rivera talked about, like, they need to develop him. They need to grow and develop him. That's why they kept him in. That's why they're going to you know, clearly ride with him because he's got ability. So how can he get the most out of that ability? But again, you know, and and you know, we we can talk about the offensive line. You can get to the running game, maybe run a little bit more um to help him, maybe do some different style of maybe, you know, they use the quick game a little bit. Um, but maybe not build in so many slow developing plays when a team is starting to tee off on you either. So I think those are some things that they can all learn, but for how, what can he do? And again, with the offensive line folks, this is what it is. And so they're going to all have to improve together. I just, you know, I think you can hope you can, can moan and we can all say that they should have done a better job. This is where they're at now. And so now you, how do you make this work and how can you get better? And one of the ways is by Sam Howell, just continuing to play, continuing to grow, continuing to see things. And then every week come back. There were a couple of times like he had the interception, right? The, well, the By the way, the one interception to Curtis Samuel, that one looks like I earlier I talked about it wasn't a sack, but it gets hit as he throws. And I think that affects his ability to follow through because he, he looks like he's going to lead Curtis to the back of the end zone, but because he can't follow through, that ball goes nowhere. And the, the defensive back just cuts in front of Curtis but if he he has an angle, he has an angle and throw. Like so, the the decision to me wasn't bad. He has the angle. It's just that the follow through, the throw wasn't whether it's a throw and whether it's because the because he gets hit on the follow through. There's not obviously the one to the one that was to to Gibson side. You know, got to get rid of that a little bit quicker or throw it away because he didn't have anything on that ball and you're throwing it to the outside. That was just dangerous as hell. But later in the game. 
he has a situation. It's not the same exact situation because it wasn't, there was nobody on Curtis, or excuse me, on Antonio, but he got to him quicker. There was a pressure off the edge, unblocked, gets it to Gibson. They get a few yards, um, but it was, you know, you learned, right? You did a, you handled that situation better. That's the kind of growth you're looking for when you're looking at a young quarterback. And we they saw a lot of good things the first couple games, good things last year in his first start. There's still stuff that he, there's a lot of stuff he can build on. And again, I, you know, I think if I'm them's like, Hey, how does he respond? How does he come back from this? What does he show better this week? What kind of competitor is he? And I think he is a pretty good competitor. Um, but you know, how does that show up Sunday, but they have to do a better job protecting him, giving us some confidence, time, trust in the pocket. And then he has to then in turn go through his stuff better, but hand in hand, but you know, there you go. So anyway, folks, that's it for me. I appreciate you tuning in. I appreciate you sticking with me. And what was not a pretty game, the first ugly game of the season. And so again, Bram Weinstein, the voice of the commanders and I will be back Tuesday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time with live stream. Join us there. Bring us bring us your frustrations. Bring us your questions. We'll have a therapy Tuesday. So talk to you next time. <laughs>